Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. I'm really happy to have with us today in the Centura studios, beautiful as they are. Uh, A great client of mine has been with, I've been serving David's family, David and Phyllis and his family for, I guess, 10 years now. It's been that long, really? It's amazing (laughs) how long it's been, how fast time goes, but it's it's been a real joy and it's just uh, great to have you here. Thanks for being here, David. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate getting to spend some time. I know most of the time you and I are uh, on a call (laughs) or a late night text message, so it's good to actually be in the same room once in a while. Absolutely. It was great. Got to see Phyllis this morning and uh, just great to see both of you. Glad you're here. Thanks for being here. So I've been excited about having this conversation. As I alluded to, we've been talking to each other for the better part of 10 years and uh, hopefully I've made a little bit of impact in terms of wealth planning. But um, the the real reason I think that I wanted to just kind of have a conversation with you is uh, I feel like I've gotten as much out of the relationship over the years as you have. And I just really appreciate that about you and Phyllis and some of the things that have resonated with me or just your uh, transparency, your willingness to share ideas. And, and that's really been helpful to me, I think, in, in terms of things that I've done in my career and, uh, and hopefully I've reciprocated in terms of good ideas that I've shared with you. But, uh, but just really appreciate you in that way. So thanks, well, good thanks for that. Yeah. That's how I would call it. Absolutely. Team. Absolutely. That's great. So let's, uh, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you and your family and kind of what's, what's been happening. So tell, tell us about David Pan and the Pan uh, family. Yeah. So, um, but us, uh, so originally my wife and I are from the Boston area and we are high school sweethearts. So in October of uh, 2022, we will be celebrating 35 years of marriage. We've got two kids, Samantha, she's 28, Adam's uh, 24. And you know, I went to school, got a degree in computer science and business and came out as a software engineer and spent a bunch of time in the Boston area. Uh, working for Raytheon on missile systems and then startups and eventually got the bug to move out to California. And uh, we've been out in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, since 1990. Um, I think for me, my career is I've been just always blessed that the network has really always opened up opportunities for me. After about seven or eight years as a software engineer, I moved into product management and got to work in companies like Netscape and moved from there to do a bunch of startups. Some of them did well, some of them didn't do so well, like all start, all you know experiences. Right. And then eventually went back into doing enterprise software and moved from product management and just kind of, fortunately I was able to just keep on growing my career uh, right. with more and more responsibilities. Finally made my way to Yahoo and help them run and build out their search advertising business and eventually a lot of their uh, online advertising business. And then about back in 2010, Microsoft and Yahoo were doing a big deal and I was asked to by Microsoft to come over and help grow their emerging online advertising business. And I spent the better part of 11 and a half years at Microsoft growing kind of what it was a business that with, you know, was losing billions of dollars to when I left, you know, the team, we had built up a $10 billion, highly profitable business. And all throughout that career, you know, I just saw I was fortunate to have people around me who were willing to invest in me. And it, it also gave me great opportunity to learn. So I had good coaches and mentors and managers 
And that really helped me to think about as I became a bigger leader, having more responsibility, it's, you know, it's not about me, it's about the team. Right. And that's where my whole philosophy has always been, really. It's, you know, once you get to a certain level, your career is kind of defined. Now your job is to help everybody else define their careers. And so I feel like I've just been really blessed to have been in Silicon Valley and worked for some great companies, worked for Microsoft. And, um, you know, I couldn't do it without, you know, Phyllis's support. Because, you know, I've been a commuter from times I've commuted down to Houston to Raleigh, North Carolina, and for 10 of my 11 and a half years, I commuted up to Bellevue, Washington almost weekly. Wow. So you yeah. can't do that unless you have someone, you know, your wife supporting you, your family supporting you. So I, right. I feel I'm pretty blessed in that opportunity. Yeah. I remember some of the, the early days in our relationship, you moving back and forth between California and Washington weekly. That was uh, challenging. Yeah, you know, it's uh, especially when you're trying to, you're new to a company, new to an organization, and you're kind of realizing, okay, well, there's a lot of transformation and change that have to occur. And so, but... Uh, you know, it, it worked out, and, and, and I, we were able to do some really great things. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, you said something there that kind of resonated with me. So things that you've learned along the way in terms of being a leader and, and kind of driving performance culture. And, and I, I will tell you that I've, I've stolen shamelessly from you over the years, just sort of applying little things to my life as you've shared some things. What, what have been sort of kind of the... What's been the secret sauce, I guess, in that, in terms of building cultures? Uh, you know, I think that there's uh, a couple of things that I've realized over my career. One is that just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're, you're not human. And I think that being vulnerable, being humble, and being available is really creates a unique bond. Some people have this philosophy of this really finite separation between work and life. And, and I'm really, I don't believe that. I just, it's hard to do that. And so Satya Nadella from, you know, Microsoft said, it's not about work-life balance, it's about work-life harmony. Ah. And I really believe in that. And so for me, it's, you know, I have this kind of things around servant leadership where my teams never worked for me, I work for them. And then they worked on behalf of our customers. Right. And it's this kind of inverted pyramid that if yeah. you can kind of get that in the right order, then I think, you know, people, all, th all good things can happen. I think it's also about just sharing your own personal struggles. And to be honest with you, the, the last couple of years during COVID really gave an opportunity for not just what was happening with the pandemic, but what was happening to society to lean into that. Right. And to be authentic with your teams about not just like what you're seeing, what you're hearing, but what you're going through. There's other philosophies I've always had is, and this was one something that Jim Barksdale from Netscape taught me is that the enemy is always outside the building. You're, you're not competing with people in the building. Yeah. And a lot of times people, it's like, you know, you feel like there's a competition between you and another organization and, hey, who's getting more of the, you know, economic benefits and who has more of the responsibility and who's getting more of the promotions. But if you're kind of fixated on that, then you're not fixated on your customers. And so that has always been, for me, optimizing for customers and bringing their voice into every conversation yeah. and not let the internal politics or competition get in the way. Um, every organization has politics, but if you let that kind of really over, be the overarching theme or, or kind of culture, then you're really in trouble. Right. Uh, and then I think the other big thing is you have to 
as a leader, you have to realize that at some point your career is less important than the people who work for you. And, and this was something that I always, when people would come to me and say, hey, David, I, I really want to get, you know, be promoted to a manager. And I would ask them, I said, well, why? And they said, well, because, you know, you know if, I, if I have a bunch of people, then I can be, you know, get up in the, another, I can be a director or something like that. And I said, well, well whose career is more important to you? Yours or theirs? Because I, if I give you a, become a manager, well, I just handed you five or plus people's careers to help coach and mentor. And, right. and if you're not willing to do that, then I don't think you're willing to be a manager. So that always kind of really, when I think about being a manager, you, you've got to be thinking about other people's careers. And the other big part is, to me, is this notion about hiring. And I always had this philosophy around, it's called ABC. And when I talk to salespeople, they're like, oh, always be closing. And it's not about that. It's really about what I've learned over, over the years is that A players will hire other A players because they're willing to learn from them. They're not right. intimidated. Right. B players are going to be intimidated by people, so they'll hire C players because they don't want to be shown up. And so it's always about really hiring diverse people who all want to be you know, great, and you see the great potential. Yeah. That doesn't mean you want to hire people who look like you, talk like you, or act like you, but you want to bring all of that together to have this authentic, inclusive environment. And, and you, know, you have to identify that, hey, some people may be introverts, but they're amazing. And, right. and how do you bring the, the greatness from them out? And so that's you know, just realizing all that on a regular basis has really kind of been defined my kind of management and leadership yeah. stuff. Yeah, that, that is so good. You're going to have to start charging for that, for that advice. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to benefit listening to this today. So uh, great, great, great stuff. How about on the, on, on the personal side, sort of, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's happening in your and Phyllis's life? I know that you're sort of in a process right now of what I'll call a period of maybe semi-retirement. I can't imagine you actually retiring ever, but what's sort of, what's near and dear to your heart right now? What are you doing? Yeah, so, you know, recently Phyllis and I decided our priorities changed. We want to spend more time with our parents as they're getting older and their, their you know, quality of life, we want to make sure we're, we're around or we're investing time in there. So right. recently I stepped back from full-time work with a little bit of consulting, doing, you know, I have some strategic uh, advisory meetings, boards that I'm, I'm sitting on. Um, and I think also the other big thing is uh, I'm trying to find areas where I can give back time. Mm. Um, we, you know, through the work we've done together, you know, we are blessed that we have pretty, pretty good kind of portfolio and we created a charitable foundation years ago and so we can you know donate money but that's it's easy to write a check it's harder to write you know a time right. and so I want to find do time invest my time and energy right. I've actually I did, I, uh, found a, a nonprofit in the San Jose area it's called the recovery cafe of San Jose ah. and it's a small boutique nonprofit and they help uh, people who are homeless mental health issues addictions really uh, recover and come right. off the street, find jobs, find housing. And so I'm going to start really investing time and energy into that nonprofit and hopefully um, others. And the other big thing is Phyllis and I are spending more time traveling. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's going to be, now that COVID is slowly coming <laughs> under control, traveling with friends who we haven't been able to do that in right. the past and you know, with the kids and going back east to see the family. So I think that will, I'm sure other things will pop up once yeah. I really 
right. settle into what is the I'm not using the, the, the R word right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, no way, no, no R way, word. Yeah. 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 Not not too too energetic. So <laughs> so that it's uh, just interesting to listen to all those things that are going on. So, you know, as you were building another thing that struck me here is that as you were kind of uh, focus on ways to build organizations, ways to build performance cultures and in that process as you gave of yourself to build your career. Like that was that was an output of the process that wasn't necessarily the focus of the process. But was how or when did you sort of recognize that you know as much as I'm pouring that into uh, my work and my career, I need to kind of do that on the personal side too. Like I have a legacy I'd like to build with my family. So was there was there any sort of an aha moment like man, I maybe I need to devote some more attention on this part of it. Yeah, you know, I, I think there was um I didn't even I didn't think, you know, in terms of legacy for the family, because you know, you know, when we started working 10 years ago, kind of the portfolio probably wasn't I wouldn't even have thought of like, okay, <laughs> hey, there's a big legacy to to leave. Yeah. Um and then over the last 10 years as we've worked together and the and the investments have worked out and the other and uh, then you're starting to look at these numbers and saying, wow, the, these can be material. And then you can start to think about real long-term legacy. And, and so part of that is uh, legacy for the kids and their kids over time and, you know, thinking about that. Because, you know, it's, it's, I, I think everybody, every, every parent wants their children to do better than they have. Right. But, you know, over, you know, that's sometimes difficult yeah. um, to step it up. Yeah. Um, and so... I think we we now come to a realization that we you know while both our kids are <laughs> employed uh, have good jobs we you know probably don't have to worry so much about them but that's one aspect of it uh, was thinking about them but also just in working with you and Derek and the team at Centura well it, it's allowed us to think about legacy for how to do how do we do think about the people who need more right you know how do we think about you know the, some of the charities and Nonprofits that we're interested in, besides the one I mentioned earlier, but you know, a couple of the ones that are near and dear to our hearts are things around cancer. My mom passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of really good friends who have Parkinson's. Uh, Phyllis is one of her close friends is really active in cystic fibrosis. So there's a number of uh, areas that are, you know, important to us, and we because we feel like we're touched by those areas. Yeah. And so we feel like, you know, those are some things that we're going to probably spend more time or donate more, more you know, money towards to help, um, you know, in those and the research that goes on those. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. So a couple of things strike me as we're talking about this. So one is, as I've gotten to know you and Phyllis over the years, what's always impressive and, and just sort of heartwarming in a lot of ways is how much you guys work as a team together and sort of thinking about these things. So it's clear that you rely on each other to make good decisions and think about these sorts of things and, and, and give back, as you said. And the other thing is that you know, I've gotten to know your two kids here over the last <laughs> yeah, couple that's years. True. And uh, you know, they they were probably teenagers when we, when I first met you and now they're you know they're getting to they're into their careers and doing well. Uh, two of the most impressive people in their twenties I think that I've met and, and so one of the great things about this legacy concept I think is that you and Phyllis are not only, you know, teaching them about wealth and sort of how to manage things, but they're picking up the lessons of like, look, we've have something to offer the world and it's our responsibility to do so. And so they're they're getting that. It's just cool to see that. So it's just it's been fun to fun yeah. to watch that develop. So is there so where along the so as I think about this you know, you understood the things that maybe you needed to do from building a, a legacy perspective, financial legacy, however you want to look at that. 
you've, you're a smart guy, obviously have contributed a lot from a career perspective. You could have done this financial stuff on your own, maybe. What prompted you to say, I think I'll be better served just to get some help with this. Like maybe I should engage some professionals. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I am too emotionally attached to things. <laughs> I learned this um, years ago with uh, Netscape stock. Um, and I get too emotionally attached to it and keep things you know, longer than I should. And saw the stock, I think, 90 down to 20. Yeah. Uh, and so that was just a bad experience. And, and I realized that, that you know, I have to separate uh, things out from, you know, I, I'm not a full-time money manager. I don't you know, spend a ton of time doing research on stocks or mutual funds or other kind of things. And I just realized that it's better to have someone who is part of the t you know this team, but is is optimizing for me, right. right? And you know we had certain experiences where we even had people like who were in doing they made money when they we made did transactions, ah. and that wasn't a good thing. Right. Or they were recommended to you know invest in certain you know insurance you know you know in you know vehicles that didn't make sense so we we kind of stubbed our toe a number of times okay. and so what i really you know and what what kind of you know as we got to know each other and you know i remember that first time you came to the house yeah. and you know because uh, our previous guy you know financial planner had sold the business and wasn't sticking around right and so you and another gentleman came to the house and that was a lot of fun uh so and we, you know, it was a learning process, right? Sure. So it takes time to get to know somebody and really to build that trust. Right. Uh, one of the things that I've been, and the reason why we've stayed together, and because, you know, like you can imagine, you know, in the Valley, you get lots of people pinging Absolutely. you, hey, wealth management, this, that, and the other thing. And um, uh, the thing that I've always been so impressed and why I trust you is, you're one. You, you you look at everything holistically. Um, I mean, two is <clears throat> you're like available all the time. Uh, like we <laughs> went to buy the car, and you know I'm sitting at the the dealership, and I think it's like you know Saturday night at nine o'clock, and I'm texting you, do I buy it or finance it? Buy it, and you got back to me like in seconds, right? And told me, hey, if it's under this percentage, yeah. finance it. If it's above that, write a check. Um, and as I've gone through and talked to other people they just don't have that kind of access. And so that to me is really, really important. And so that's why when you decided to leave your previous company and you said, hey, I'm gonna go set up my own shingle, I was like, yeah, well, just let us know. I was I, I, like, I would have gone on the first day, but yeah. you just didn't have all the legal stuff signed. <laughs> and, you know, and I paid the price because that last company, they didn't file the taxes correctly and I had to pay a little penalty. I just, you know, with Phyllis and I, you've always been like, just a, a, you know, the counsel you've given us has always been great. Mm. And you've always been available. And, and really, we just feel comfortable and trust you. And so that's why we're here today. Yeah. And, and I think about when I think about all of the, you know, the growth we've had. Yeah, sure. Some of it was, hey, working for a good company that has good stock growth. But all the other things we did, whether you know, looking at mortgages, looking at insurance, looking at should buy the car, looking you know when we bought the other place in, in Corona del Mar, like all of the advice we came to you that was not associated with like investment, like a stock or a mutual right. fund. The holistic approach mm. to me, I didn't want to have to have to go to ten different people to ask different questions. 
And that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's fantastic. Appreciate you sharing that. I'm blushing a little bit, uh, uh, but I, it's been a real joy serving you to this point. So obviously in the last better part of the last year, I've been in the process of moving my business, actually becoming a part of the partnership at Centura Wealth. Uh, which I think has gone really well, but you've been in a unique position of you've sort of gotten to live through that. I'm transitioning to this new company. You're learning kind of this new company's processes and, and how those folks work. So I would be the first to say that I, I personally think that you have upgraded in this process. You've gotten access to folks like our managing partner, Derek Byron, and his right hand, Samantha Lawrence, and How's that experience been so far? Have you sort of, you know, feel free to speak freely, like, does it feel like, yeah, I've probably gotten an upgrade here, this is good. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, absolutely. I think what I realized, um, one, again, I go back to, I really appreciate the process, because we, we talked about this for some time before right. you were thinking about right. moving out, and you kind of saw, hey, it, there's probably more resources and tools available that you could offer and so you, right. you did the homework to go and look at a bunch of different companies and I think personally I think you picked a great one working with Derek and Samantha and you again as a team and then the extended team right but it's all they're all first class right? Right. like they're just top-notch normally what you know I, I don't know if people realize that like we, we were we meeting for months every week right you know for 60 to 90 minutes to really start to put some things in place before the end of the year. And, and, and I thought it was, uh, for me, I love it. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, you work me through a process, I'm good, right? <laughs> Count, you know, I'm like, you know, and there was an agenda. And, and what I really liked about the approach was that there was so much new information that was being given to Phyllis and I, trying to understand all these different trusts, and trying to understand kind of real estate investments in these trusts and how they worked. The, and the different options to it. What I really appreciated about, you know, with Derek and Sam and you is just the continuous process of explaining it to us. Yeah. You know, and, and really making sure, not just that I understood, that Phyllis understood. Right. And I could say, I, could, I knew when Derek would say, hey Phyllis, do you, you know, do you understand this? And, and, uh, and that I really appreciated, right? Because like you said, Phyllis and I are a team and I don't want to just like make a bunch of decisions and her not yeah. to say, oh, okay, well, what's going on? Uh, and so that whole process of going through an, an agenda, and, and, and again, you know, now we're adding two new people and more other people to the team, and so building the trust for me is really important, and them understanding what our you know, desires are, our goals are, and our concerns and fears, right? right? Because you have to kind of optimize for that, and, and, you know, so, and then just doing all of the planning some of it, when, when I, to be quite honest, when we talked about it, it was like, no friggin' way does that work. Like, that's impossible. Okay, uh, you can't save that much, or yeah. you can't, you know, make. You know, I was like, I just couldn't believe it, right? Because the right. numbers start to become mythical. Um, but as we went through the process and explaining it, and, and which right. were, you know, that we had from before, it opened our eyes to kind of the possibility. Yeah. And it's been a great experience. And, you know, I feel I think it's the right place for us while we're still, you know, I don't know, nine months into it. Uh, but it feels good and we feel comfortable. And then clearly when I may have was making a decision about thinking about stopping work and came to you folks and said, you know, rerun the numbers three times to make sure <laughs> we, there's enough there that I could. It was like the turnaround was right there. So I don't, you know, for me, Building kind of that human connection mm. 
in these kind of relationships are really important. Yeah. You know, that's why like, you know, people tell me, oh, we work with this big institution. I'm like, no way. That's not, I just don't want to be a number. You know, I want to be like, you know, the Pan family and friends. Right. And, you know, and we'll kind of work together to figure it out as like, that's why it's interesting as the market has kind of gone up upheaval since the, you know, the war. I haven't looked at our portfolio. Hmm. I haven't been concerned about it. Right. Because you guys told me, like, don't, don't, it's not it's about be that. Fine. <laughs> it's, you know, just, and so I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, as, as long as there's cash flow coming in, I don't care. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's great. So we're talking just a little bit about the specifics on a little bit of that. So you know, people often ask me, Roby, really, who, what is your average client look like? You know, and if, and if I could, and I, you know, I would never share a client name unless they told me it was okay to do so, but I would say, well, David and Phyllis Pan probably look like our typical client. And it really sort of comes down to the clients that we serve typically have some combination of really three traits. One is they've got significant income every year that creates a big tax problem for them. Two is they've got some sort of wealth transfer issue, meaning they're going to face an estate tax eventually because their estates currently at $12 million for a single person, $24 million for a family. Or third is people that have money in motion events, so going through a death or divorce or a sale of a business or something like that. And so as you think about kind of those characteristics, were there one or two pain points that you think have been really important that we have addressed for you? you know? Yeah, so uh, I think that the... I'm not going to be shy about it. I, we've paid a lot of taxes. I live in California. We, you know, working in high tech definitely, and you know, paid a lot of taxes. And so, one of the things was to how do you, you know, minimize that? You know, I'm a big believer of like, okay, let me. I'd like to do the social good with my dollars versus someone else doing it. And the the as we walk through the various uh, trusts. The SLAT versus the CLAT, and you know, I thought the CLAT was genius. Uh, I had never heard about it before, you know, and the ability to kind of put a bunch of money in there and then invest in real estate and then have that kind of as a tax write-off over the next six years, uh, that, that seems brilliant, and it grows in there, and there's an opportunity for it to grow over the next 20 years, and that could be part of the wealth transfer, or that could be part of <clears throat> whatever Phyllis and I want to do with. And at the same time, there's the opportunity for a large chunk of money to go into nonprofits to you know do with social good that we get to control. Right. So that to me was like oh, that. That sounds really really good. Right. Then the other part, which was just you know for me, I you know I hadn't thought about life insurance in the way that you and Derek and Sam presented it as thinking about it as a, almost like as an asset. And that could be at times used to pay down our, our tax liability, or if we've all done the right thing and moved it from the left to the right on the balance sheet, right. which, <laughs> you know, then there's it's an asset that could be sold off. And so that that those were new concepts right. that had never thought about or knew about in the past. Yeah. And the other big thing that I think that I felt good about is that there are as as kind of tax law changes as the economy changes I feel like everyone here kind of is going to be dynamic about bringing new opportunities to help optimize right. yeah right? and so it may be something that wasn't you know available to us or was didn't make sense here in 2022 
but may make sense in 2023 right. or 2024 or whatever. Right. And so I feel good that we will look at those as the opportunities come up. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. I know you're a process guy. So from, from, from a process perspective, do you think there's been value in the process itself, just in terms of helping you to think about how all the pieces fit together and really how, how this helps you to think more clearly about what your legacy is, kind of the opportunities that are in front of you? Yeah, you know, I think it, you know, there was the process as I, as we kind of went through was there were, you know, some near term things we had to do uh, quickly for get it done by the end of, you know, in December of last year, right? So it was get the CLAT up and running, get it funded, and so that we could take advantage of it and then get some of, you know, the the real estate investments executed. So moved, moving, and, and which we're super happy that, you know, you know, Centura working with MG Properties, there's some interesting opportunities right. out there. Then it was really thinking about kind of that, how do you use the CLAT over the next six years and looking at our income opportunities uh, that were coming up and how we would use that. So I, I you know, and, and there was always an agenda. We didn't always get to the finish the agenda. Right. But I, I also did like the fact as we brought in, there was kind of the nucleus, the three, you, Sam, and Derek as kind of the core team. And then, there, you know, others would come in, whether it was the tax teams or the legal team. And I, I like the fact that, you know, Derek in particular would keep them on point. Right. You know, it's like, no, that's not appropriate. Yeah. You know, and, and so just keep it, you know, moving along right. uh, was good. And then I also realized that when you have a standing meeting and something comes up, that like, hey, when I decided to, you know, stop working, you all were available to help me kind of think through the logistics of that right. and the, the mechanics of that. And, and so, uh, you know, having, because I think we were meeting almost every week for probably three or four months. Yeah. Uh, and to kind of work through certain things, you know, so that, that to me is, and, and then getting all the notes afterwards and, you know, and, and doing a lot of the docu-signs and, and right. the patients, really, because, you know, we had some people get family members get involved in the process right. who weren't as understanding of, like, how to do some of these things. Right. And the team walked them through it. So it, yeah. it worked out really well. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's great to hear. And I, I mean, you raise, I think, an important point that the, the role I think that we try to play, well, number one is just availability so that as, as these issues in life come up, we are here to help you answer those questions. But two is that that sort of playing a quarterback role because there are, you know, at uh, the point in life that you're at where you've, you've got some assets and you have important things you're trying to accomplish in life, it requires a few professionals. There are going to be attorneys and CPAs, and, and having that sort of one voice to coordinate it all and make sure it happens is, we think, pretty valuable. And so yeah, it's good, good to get that feedback that that's happening. So, uh, so thank you for that. So um, how about just on, briefly on the investment front, have there been any, you know, we've, we've talked sort of about not only these significant tax saving strategies, but have there been some investments that have, have really kind of like, wow, this is pretty cool. These these investments marry up with the, with these investment strategies. Have has there been anything in particular that stood out so far in, in terms of you know what we're doing on the investment front, alternatives and so forth? Yeah, I, you know, I think the um, we've always wanted to we've dabbled in real estate, but as first and second and third homes, yeah. not as as income property. And so I think for us. We're excited about being in that space uh, with through MG Properties and 
Uh, so that is, is pretty interesting to us. Yeah. Um, whether we will see over time whether it stays in the cloud or we make other investments, clearly. We've talked about getting, you know, whether Phyllis and I want to get into like rental property and, right. and, and it was good to understand a little bit of the mechanics and how that could impact our tax situation as well. So I think learning about that and what are the kind of guidelines. The, the other thing is, is we've talked about some of the other alternatives that we may look at, whether it's, you know, private equities or venture funds, because, you know, I'm involved in some small venture investments on my own. Right. But having access to maybe some other kind of venture portfolios would be would be interesting as well. Yeah. So I think we are just at the beginning stages. Right. And that will be, you know, I think over time, we'll, you know, it, as long as I don't have to manage it. We'll get, <laughs> yeah. So, and that will be a kind of, as every, I'm sure every year goes by, we'll kind of look at what's the best way to you right. have our money work for us and give us the returns we need to kind of live right. the lifestyle we want. Yeah. You know, that, and I think that's great insight that it, this ultimately, this is always going to be an iterative process, right? So as, as much as you would like to sort of say, let's do this one time and be done with it and never think about the legacy planning yeah. in the future. The reality is that Washington is going to change the rules every year. Yep. There are going to be new opportunities. There's going to be new rules. And, and you sort of have to constantly revisit this to make sure that you're doing the best things in the current environment. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, so great. To, great to get that feedback. So, I uh, man, the time is just sort of flying by here. So let me let me just maybe start to wrap this up. Uh, so obviously, you've had a ton of success as an executive in the tech industry over a number of years. You're starting to maybe move towards a different phase in your life. As you think about, you know, I know you have lots of folks you talk to, probably other, you know, lots of colleagues that are in a similar position. Is there any sort of what would you say to them in terms of hey, this wealth planning thing? You you need to. Pay some attention to this. So, you know, this is what you should be thinking about as you approach that. Yeah, I, I think that the, the biggest thing is a lot of times people want to do some, the vanilla cookie cutter approach. And that doesn't work because everyone's, whether, you know, your situation is different. You know, whether you, your legacy is for your, your family or for it's for charities or something else. So, and, and I think that what, I, what I've, realize and appreciate it is the customization that's that's super important and then you're you got to feel like you're built you're you can you're building a team that you trust right and that who's it's where i think about it is incentives are aligned clearly when you know because i've seen this in work and, and I was, as I was thinking about this conversation, I was like, wow, there's a lot of you know, similarities to kind of work and relationship <laughs> there. And, but if you don't have incentive alignment from, you know, from us to you, then, then, then it doesn't work. Right. And I feel like that's, that's a critical part of it because you, I don't feel like you folks are incented to, for transactions. Mm-hmm. You're incented around long-term growth. And, and then the other thing is that you've got to be able to have there's lots of different paths to the to the end to the to the destination and i think I feel like you know with some of the other organizations they they only have one or two paths and with Sanchera, what i've kind of realized is wow there's hundreds of paths to the destination right and so for folks in my situation you know i think that that's having different alternatives uh, gives us more flexibility, more choices. And some people, it just gives them more comfort. And so I think that if you're thinking about a wealth management company, Centura is 
we're super happy. So uh, <laughs> well, I think you, uh, congratulations, you picked the right one. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that, David. So for uh, for anybody listening, uh, if you want to check Centura out further, it's www.centurawealth.com. And so we'd invite anybody that was interested to do that. Would love to love to have a chat with you. So thanks for doing this, David. Just Absolutely. Really enjoyed this discussion and uh, look forward to many years of uh, continuing to help you and Phyllis and the family. Thank you. All right. Appreciate thank it. you. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. The presented testimonial is from a current Centura client and is for informational purposes only. The statements provided should not be considered as a representation of all client experiences, which may differ substantially.